Sink, sink or, or sink or swim. Sink or swim. A long COVID long haulers podcast. It's on every podcast platform where you listen to your podcasts. Follow, share, like, and leave comments. Well, here we are. Listeners, I am proud to introduce to you Angela. Angela and I and Stacy discuss Angela's lived experience with long haulers long COVID. She has also experienced significant treatments, which I think you're going to want to hear. So please join us here in episode one. Follow, like, and share so that you don't miss episode two. Welcome to episode number one with Angela. Hello. Hi, Angela. This is Doug. How are you doing tonight? Good. How about yourself? I am doing great, and I am really looking forward to a conversation with you to see what we can take out to all of the people that listen to Sink or Swim, a long COVID, long haulers podcast. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Angela. This is Stacy. I'm the co-host with Doug on this podcast, and I'm actually the better half. True. I'll even acknowledge that. So Angela, I would like to be able to have you tell our listeners a little bit about what it is that is Angela. Who are you as an individual? Give them whatever knowledge you feel comfortable sharing. So who is Angela? I am an avid gardener. I have a couple acres up here in the Pacific Northwest. So I like to be outside a lot. I'm also the mom of a long hauler child um, as well as a long hauler myself. I am an engineer and I'm a vegetarian and I before all this used to work out actually quite a bit. (laughs) So just like me you had a former life before COVID. My wife and I call when I got sick the event because I was one of the people that just man when it hit me uh, it, it knocked me out. I never went to the hospital or anything. It was we call it the event. Well, you have to remember too, Doug, that you had it before we even knew anything about COVID. Yeah, it was December 26, 2019. And COVID wasn't even mentioned until late February and March of 2020. So that's that's why we didn't go to the hospital. We thought you had the flu. The entire thing, Angela, I'm sure when I say it was an entirely weird, unexplainable experience. So tell us a little bit about how COVID started with you. Tell us your story. So COVID hit me actually in early February 2020. Um, it was before we knew it was here as well. I didn't know what exactly was going on, like allergy, getting a cold. Everything just kept changing all the time. It's like, I don't know what this is because I actually, you know, felt better around day five. And then days eight through 10 kind of got worse. And I had like a really high fever on day 10 of of 105. But I was kind of like, I don't know what this is. I've never, you know, been sick this long and, and then not knowing exactly, is this, this a cold backed up with a flu or allergies? Like, what is this? I didn't know. Mine was really mild, you know, to begin with. So I wasn't even exactly sure I was, you know, sick at the, at the beginning. You know, I just kind of, my stomach was a little off, but I, you know, that could be from anything, right? <laughs> and the coughing set in, you know, days in, along with kind of the body ache. Um, I had had some red eyes to begin with too, which didn't make any sense. I was like, am I getting pink eye or something else? You know, but it didn't burn like, you know, a normal, normal pink eyes would or something. And the heavy chest feeling came, you know, days eight through 10 or so 
along with the high fever I got, you know, around day 10 is when I had the high fever. I may have had the fever other days. I don't know. I wasn't even sure what was wrong with me because I had a really bad headache days eight through 10. And I was like, gosh, am I having a migraine? You know, I, I don't even know because this was such a horrible headache I had. It was like a knife had been put in my head. When you're describing through the symptoms, I'm a PA also. And mm-hmm. even though I have that background, that education, I still have difficulty explaining the symptoms, explaining when I got sick, what it felt like, and yeah. kind of how to even explain like with your explanation of the headache, it just doesn't feel like the headaches used to feel before. Is that kind of how it works with you too? Yeah, it was just a headache like I had never had before. It was this pain in my brainstem area. You know, usually a headache you kind of feel in different places. This was like actually in my neck and my brainstem. And I remember it was really hard to drive. I was like, gosh, I've never had such a bad headache before. It was more of a slower onset for you. Mine was mine was just walked up and tried to take me out in one swift punch. That's how mine hit me. Hey, COVID world, and yes, again, I do mean world. We are in numerous countries. Here's just a few. Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, Switzerland, Spain, Malaysia, Romania, Bosnia and Herzegovina, New Zealand, Finland, Norway, Mexico, still going Philippines, France, Lebanon, India, Germany, Cook Islands, Hungary. The list continues on. Ireland, Israel, Iran, Japan. And it keeps going. We are all over the world. This long COVID long haulers is everywhere in the world. Thank you for following because that list continues to grow. But we want more of you to join us. So follow, like, and please start leaving comments. So yours was kind of a slower onset. Am I understanding you right? Yeah. And then days eight through 10 were the worst. And I had a heavy fatigue. And then after day 10, it was just like... I was better, but I was fatigued still. It it was just bizarre. You know, I kind of expected whatever I had going on to kind of be gone after seven days, but I was confused. Well, that's the normal. (laughs) Yeah, that's the normal. I mean, usually we're told, ah, seven to 10 days, antibiotics are seven to 10 days. The virus is going to be gone. You'll be okay. And I I seem to be, you know, kind of fatigued for, for a few weeks, but I wasn't sure, you know, with other life stuff going on, I was kind of like, well, I'm a busy mom. You know, I got two kids. Maybe the know, is just from something else, you know, kind of blaming it on other stuff. And then my son ended up sick many weeks later and his pattern followed mine exactly. Hmm. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> we didn't really realize what was going on, except my son. You know, his actually did start with an earache for a few days and then it went away and then he had the symptoms like me. So how old is your son? He was eight at the time. Okay. Uh, he is 10 now. So both of your symptoms kind of came on a little bit lower, like maybe feeling traditional illness, but then it just kind of held on, stuck around, kept getting worse. You've also kind of described to us before we're talking here that you're in a roller coaster like effect. It just never goes away and you don't know when it's going to come back. Tell us a little bit about that. I thought, oh, for sure, you know, I'm, I'm just recovering from whatever I had. 
the news came out um, about COVID, I think it was around the beginning of March or so, and they started finding cases up in this area at the end of February. Well, in March, my son and I both went through this cycle of being hit by a truck, which was almost worse than like the first round. It was like the fatigue kicked up even more. And like all the symptoms we had had with the original illness kicked in even worse. So like the coughing. And when I realized COVID was in the area, uh, I got us oximeters and my son and I actually had low oxygen still in March. You know, this was weeks after um, our initial illness. So the thing is, is we were probably having low oxygen in February and not even realizing it because we were, you know, happy hypoxic, uh, I yeah. guess. We weren't gasping for breath. Or I love that term. Um, <laughs> yeah, happy hypoxic. We, I mean, we, our oxygen was in the 80s and, you know, we were kind of stuck because there was no testing and I was, well, it's too late to test us and you didn't want to go to the hospital if you were wrong. <laughs> and my doctor's office had actually shut down until July because of the COVID. So it's like I couldn't even see the primary care doctor. We stayed home with the low oxygen, which we probably, you know, shouldn't have done. We had no way of getting tested. So we were really afraid of going anywhere. Well, and back Um, then we didn't know. I mean, we still don't know much about it, but we literally knew nothing about it back then. Right. So you didn't know what to do, especially when you got sick. Because you don't want to do it again. Yeah. The wheezing and had started, you know, kicked in 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 March as well. So, like, I did actually start kind of wheezing. You know, I got an inhaler for that. And I called telemed and they're like, yeah, you have COVID, just stay home. You know, the the whole story. So, we started to kind of feel a little bit better after that. We kind of went through this for a few weeks. It was like round two of COVID. I almost wondered if I had caught it again from my son or something and, and got round two. But... I think it was just the kick up, you know, the five, six weeks after initial symptoms, it's like you get round two and you might think you're fine in between, but you're not. I really think that me trying to like, you know, go running and stuff in between probably was not the best idea. And so when I talk to people, I say, whether you think you're okay or not, you need to just take it easy for a few months because I think that contributes to, to helping kick it up again. I would agree with you on that because it's, mm-hmm. again, it's not normal. Normally, when you get ill, you're down for, you know, a handful of days and then you've got that one or two days where you get to recover a little bit and then you get to go back being normal and doing your exercising, your walking, whatever. Yeah. I know with me, if I go do like if if we went out and we actually did some garden work because you've got a big garden, if we went out and did that tomorrow and the next day, I would have a tough time walking. Because that's how it hits me. And it hits me for quite a period of time following. So it's just, it's, it's, I say it all the time, it's just weird. So the entire process, uh, you got, you got sick in February of 2020. Right. Would you say you are still dealing with this today? With the waves of improving, getting worse, improving, getting worse, I... (laughs) 
I had times where I thought, you know, I was doing better, but then, you know, it hits you a few months, <laughs> a few months or a few weeks or a few days later, depending on what you're doing. Like you said, if you go out and do too much, I ended up, you know, still having problems around 10 months later and went to the ER and I actually caught round two at the ER. So that kind of ran together with round one. I you know, was going through the cycling of the COVID toes and the burning blood vessels. And I, I got tremors really bad, you know, a lot of shaking, especially in, in food. If I ate certain foods, got a lot of food intolerances from that. My hands wouldn't work at times. And there's just a lot. I have a whole long list of things that happened. But I actually had enrolled in some research um, around December of 2020 before I got round two. And my son and I both got really high cytokine panels back from this research. And it was something I could kind of leverage to take to the doctor's office um, to say, hey, like, this is a problem. And also, you know, I, I need to get care because part of the problem with getting care, you know, is not having a positive test. And people don't want to believe that COVID was circulating before it was. So I actually. Yeah, I totally get uh, that one. <laughs> it, yeah. It's hard to deal with, or it was for me. It's better now. But yeah, I get that. So I, I took that, uh, you know, to doctors. I also. Um, I had seen a pulmonologist. I was able to get some pulmonary testing done and get some speech therapy done for vocal cord dysfunction after COVID um, that causes a lot of that pushing, pushing, forcing air out and um, a hoarseness when you're talking a while. I also was able to take my cytokine panel and get treatment from um, the chronic COVID treatment center that opened online um, where they target the actual cytokines. Hey listeners, this is Sink or Swim, a long COVID long haulers podcast. We want to tell you a great big thank you for listening, but we want to invite you to share the podcast. It's going to make a difference. There's over 11 million long haulers, long COVID just in the United States. So if you share, you follow, you like, we can make a difference with each one of us in supporting each other with this podcast and the information we can share. And after I had I'd done the vocal cord dysfunction speech therapy and I had done some inhalers, you know, from the pulmonologist, um, I also had gotten some mast cell activation medications from doctors, which helped before I had done the chronic COVID treatment center. And I had also went to a functional medicine doctor before I had gone to this chronic COVID treatment center and um, got some food testing done to help me with getting some food in my system because I had stopped eating, you know, around the time of round two. I just, I, I couldn't eat any food anymore. I basically was down to broccoli for a long time. Huh. Um, Did you feel so nauseated I, or you just had no appetite? I was getting tremors every time I was eating my son as well. I mean, he's been in this journey with me. <laughs> Everything that happened to me happened to him. <laughs> it's, it's definitely pattern related because um, I've noticed this whole time, like whatever happened to me would happen to him a few weeks later. So without me even telling him what was happening, it was like, it just was. So I, I went through all these things, the food and like making sure I was avoiding my foods that now triggered 
a lot of this stuff really made a difference in helping me control the tremors because I'd gotten to one point where I was just shaking like all day. It was frustrating. I could at least control the tremors with the diet. Um, I did a it's called Leap Now food test that helped me like avoid the red foods from my test, eat one yellow food a day, and I could eat as many green foods as I wanted. And that really helped me with controlling some of my symptoms um, in conjunction with the mast cell meds so that I could stop some of these tremors I was having. And like I said, I did the vocal cord dysfunction. You just um, mentioned, I'm going to have you uh, tell everybody that's listening, you mentioned a, it was the leak what? It's called Leap Now Food Test. Okay. Um, I went to a functional medicine doctor and got that test done, but I think people can order it themselves online, you know, go to one of the blood draw centers. And um, spell that for everybody because you're the first time I've heard anything about this. Yeah, it's a leap as in like a frog leaping, L-E-A-P, L-E-A-P now. I think if you were to look it up, if you looked up leap now food test, that really helped me control some of the symptoms. You know, I wasn't 100 percent, but I could at least have some control over this thing I couldn't control before. The speech therapy, the foods. You know, at least getting me eating something. <laughs> and then uh, the mast cell meds really made a difference. Like I would take some at night to can help control the tremors because some of the symptoms usually kick up at night. And I think it's because of the histamine intolerance building throughout the day, eating a lot of stuff or whatever. Your histamines build up throughout the day. So the mast cell meds, like taking it with every meal and taking it at night really made a difference on my symptoms. But I still wasn't 100% because living so restrictive on diet and then like being kind of afraid of doing a lot because you didn't want to kick off your symptoms once you could kind of control them a little bit, it wasn't a way of living. And so what I needed to do was get to the bottom of what was causing the problem. And so this was in May of, I think it was around May of 20. 2021, the Chronic COVID Treatment Center had opened up online that was using the cytokine panels, you know, the research that I had gone through, they actually got the test CLIA certified so that you could actually test for long COVID. And I went, Mm. um, you know, I got another round of that testing and had done the Chronic COVID Treatment Center. And my son did as well. And we actually um, recovered pretty quickly. Like they targeted the cytokines, lowering them um, because our cytokines were like just crazy high. I mean, this was, you know, I had them really high before I even got the reinfection in December of 2020. Like some of my cytokines were like 100 times normal. And the doctor, one of the doctors basically said, he's like, you should have been redlining, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Well, our um, our bodies are amazing. Uh, They are. We were dealt (laughs) something that we never were supposed to have to deal with. But when it attacked our bodies, our bodies responded in a way that we didn't really know they could. So, yeah, it's amazing what we what we were gifted for these bodies and everything and how it can adjust and it can continue on. The yeah. I, I looked up while you were talking just to clarify for everybody, it's actually uh-huh. nowleap.com. Leap.com, okay. Nowleap.com, N-O-W-L-E-A-P.com. 
And if it's with Oxford, is that what it was with? Uh, that sounds right. They okay. have a food test. Yeah, they have the food reactivity testing and everything. Yep. So, yeah, it's nowleap.com, N-O-W-L-E-A-P.com. So just for the people who want to go look at what you were talking about there, because it sounded like you were fairly impressed with results that you got from that. Yeah, yeah, it made a difference. I actually only tested myself uh, for that test, and I used the results to actually restrict my son's diet and my my diet. And I figured uh, since both of us were actually um, reacting the same to COVID, we probably had the same food reactions, and we sure enough did, you know, genetics. That's interesting how the two of you have just tracked each other so closely. Yeah, there's definitely a genetic component to it. And um, I mean, even the cytokine panel, when we both did it, we both had, you know, the same elevated cytokines. So, Mm. yeah, (laughs) there's even a blood amazing, (laughs) amazing again. You know, Angela, I, I have thought about this genetic component that you are addressing or talking about right now. And, Uh um, Doug's brother died of COVID in August last year. Doug was sick before Scott was. Scott was healthy. Um, And then our daughter, our 13-year-old daughter, lost a kidney to COVID. Oh, no. Then Scott's son, the brother that died, his son got very very sick for months and months just like his dad did and so I've wondered several times if there is some kind of genetic marker genetic component that causes someone to be worse than someone else Mm -hmm. so that's interesting that you mentioned that Yeah, I think I was reading, I think it's like an HLA gene or something that off of 23andMe, they had some research come out and um, they were actually tracking it to certain genes. I know we're going to find out a whole lot as time goes by. And I know that there's going to be a bunch of us that I hope will get some relief um, but I know yeah. the, the future of medicine, it rolls over about every six to eight years and we don't, we don't seem to be able to have a way to speed it up. Uh, it just always takes about six to eight years for medicine to catch up and roll over and keep going, uh, in conjunction with stuff like what the pandemic caused. So, yeah, I mean, just even, you know, in this amount of time um, since we got sick, well, with round one and round two, and um, I was just impressed, you know, with the the discoveries made with the, the cytokines. I mean, just lowering our cytokines, um, you know, that that's like kind of a newer thing. You know, we were able to actually, I can say, recover like my son. My son um, at one point had actually stopped walking. You know, he he got kind of like the MISC symptoms, I think, before they even knew what MISC was. He got inflamed everywhere. I mean, he couldn't feel his feet. I mean, he had the rash, the this rash that 
his doctor had said she had never seen such a thing. And she's like, this has to be COVID related because I've never, ever seen it. You know, he got it months after his infection that he had to deal with, you know, just seeing him go from that to being able to keep up with my daughter that, you know, is a little bit younger than him out in the yard and playing again. It was just, you know, I was just so happy after we had we'd gotten to that point. So he, you know, he actually had stayed that way. And then um, we actually got a third reinfection, of course, you know, so hard to avoid. We actually don't even hardly ever leave our house to go anywhere. I go to the doctor. Yeah, I, I saw a family member and got it for a third time unfortunately yeah. for the first time in two years you know i hadn't seen anybody and um that's all it took so you know thank I- you angela for episode number one listeners this was episode number one of two you want to follow so that you can hear episode number two where we discuss further details about angela's long covid experience we want to thank you for listening it's very important that we stick together that we share with each other and we support each other so you're support is following, liking, and making comments. Please share these episodes with others. Like I said earlier, there's over 11 million people just in the United States. There are millions upon millions of people in all of the other countries where you're listening also. Please follow, like, share, and make comments. We're looking forward to hearing from you, and we also look forward to being with you in episode number two of two with Angela.